0: All these horror people drinking bourbon. I think it's like it's a manly drink. <laughs> well, it's got me hooked. Yeah. Well Zach, you're a manly man. I'm a man now. I watched Kurt I, I learned from Kurt Russell, Jack Nicholson, Leatherface,
1: Michael Myers. I don't think we need a warm up. I think that's it. I think that's the opening. I'm a man now. I'm a man now.
0: Thanks, Thanks, Papa Mikey.
1: (laughs) You know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? (laughs) Who are you talking to? Nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. Zach isn't here, Mr. Mears. It's Tony. (laughs) And that's Tony. I made him watch a horror movie.
0: (laughs) It was more than a movie, man. (laughs) It's your life now. Oh, no. Well, yeah, so what did we watch today, Zach? We watched The Shining. We did. Stanley Kubrick classic, man. Yeah, because, you know, yesterday was Christmas snowy season yeah all the sweaters i'd argue this is perfect
1: movie for christmas about Uh coming together with your family wearing sweaters yeah that kid's sweater game is on point man i'm so jealous (laughs) you step your sweater game up i know they sell that as a t-shirt the nasa one i want it so bad it's amazing uh what was your familiarity with not just the shining but stanley kubrick considered one of like the all-time great auteurs
0: well Last week, after we recorded, you ran through a bunch of Stanley Kubrick movies, and I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> That's true. So, uh <laughs> like, I know his name, but I never really, like, knew any of his movies or anything. Have you
1: heard, like, the stories about him as, like, a director and stuff, or
0: not even that much? I mean, just that you've alluded to him being a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and shining i just know that here's johnny i mean that's the big iconic moment right
1: yeah do you do you get that reference or does that mean nothing to oh johnny Carson. that's how they would introduce him so when he would enter the room they'd go here's johnny so like the
0: joke is like he's introing himself (laughs) <laughs> that makes way more sense now. Yeah, because I just it's knew fun. it as the quote from the show. Right. Out. I think that's what most people, like especially like our within our age range, yeah, uh, know it as. So, oh yeah, I didn't even know it was a ghost movie until. We I, slotted I threw it, it out this. there for ghost movies Yeah, I didn't even know this involved ghosts. Whatsoever. <laughs>
1: but I mean, did you know, like, some of the imagery, like the twin girls and stuff? Yeah, like those pop up, especially yeah, like, the, in the, blood, the blood, elevator, the blood elevator.
0: elevator. Yeah, like I told you, I was looking forward to seeing it because of when Vine was oh, a thing. Yeah. All the aesthetic editors use shots from it. Yeah, I mean, like... still there's um, I cannot
1: think of the name of the Instagram where they break down the color palette and they do The Shining all the time. Oh yeah, such stuff a... like that. I love that Instagram. That and uh, Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah. They oh, use the two of them is. a lot because they're so particular about framing and color. Yeah. That's that's probably like one of the things Kubrick is known for, even though he directed one of the best black and white movies too, mm. uh, Dr. Strangelove. I haven't seen that. It's a weird movie, man. <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> I love it, but <laughs> let me set up for later how weird as a person Stanley Kubrick is. Uh-huh. For Dr. Strangelove, when all the people are in like the war room of the government, he was like, oh we need to make sure that the table is the same color of green as on a poker table. Because that's the joke. Black and white. The movie is black and white. That is who Stanley Kubrick was as a person. (laughs) So if you couldn't tell from this movie that he's like super particular,
0: (laughs) going the extra mile. Yeah, that is
1: what he is known for. Is
0: like, yeah, he doesn't just
1: go the extra mile. He like runs five (laughs) laps and does a marathon
0: to get back. (laughs) I mean, this movie was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, every single shot. Amazing. It was so good. All right, should we should we jump into this movie then?
1: Yes. All right. So, I will say cuz we were just talking about how it is shot cinematography by this for this was done by John Alcott, and I also believe that one of the camera operators or maybe it's John Alcott, I can't remember now, um they hired them specifically cuz they were the inventor of the Steadicam, and Kubrick wanted the Steadicam to be used right in his movie.
0: <laughs> so, he got the guy who made it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing yeah again he's very particular that's
1: why this movie looks so
0: good it's like no everything has to be perfectly in place yeah everything has to be just right yeah i mean it, it looks like wes anderson movies yeah
1: yeah they're both super into uh the the f- like center frame perspective mm. and yeah
0: staring directly into camera <laughs> that happened a lot yeah and all the uh slow zooms and then the yes. quick zooms. <laughs> a lot of zooming a lot of, like In horror so far, movies like, in general, there's a lot of zooming in. Edgar Wright is. must really
1: like this movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, especially in The Conjuring that we watched yeah. last week. All the slow zooms, like past people's shoulders and stuff. Yeah. What Was there a horror movie that is was like this the first movie to start that? or?
1: I don't know. I feel like it's just always been around. Because, I mean, we've watched. I mean, there's some of that in Texas Chainsaw, and that's 74. Was this after? Yeah, like, this, this is uh, 1980.
0: Oh, Okay. I imagine this being older. I don't know why. It
1: feels like it should be. Yeah, I mean, part of that's the the way the movie is structured. Yeah, and like the setting of it.
0: Before we get into the movie as well, this is the final episode of the year. Yes, closing out 2019 with a big one. Yeah, and Christmas just happened. And thank you all for joining us so far on this yes podcasting journey it's it's been (laughs) been, fun
1: it's been pretty fantastic yeah i'm really delighted to have my new horror bro zach (laughs) yeah
0: so i'm delighted to be a horror bro now high five high five horror bros (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's been fun yeah and i look forward to keep doing
1: it yeah we're gonna do as many more as you guys will keep listening to yeah and also have any feedback,
0: let us know. Yeah, please
1: leave us a comment or or shoot us like a message
0: on Twitter or Instagram. Let us, yeah. let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. We enjoy that. Yeah. Let us know how we can improve. And on that note, we're here to talk about yes. The Shining. Oh, real quick. I <laughs> forgot to ask up top. Did you like the movie? I loved it. It's the take like I was talking about in Poltergeist and Conjuring. There's a very specific way ghost stuff gets done that yeah. I either like or don't like. And this was very much like.
1: Right. Not like, even necessarily bad or not. Just like. Yeah. It's got to hit a certain thing. Yeah. For you. Yeah. yeah. For,
0: like the 1920s is a soft spot for me. And that whole time yeah, era. Especially Ghost. I should have known. Because it reminds me of Twilight <laughs> Zone and everything. Yeah. Or not Twilight Zone but Tower of Terror. Yeah. All that stuff. Which I love so much. So it was like the perfect amount. And it didn't take a two of a self serious on the ghost aspect. Like The Conjuring did. Right. Well, I mean, The Conjuring is about ghost hunters, yeah. and this is about normal people
1: just being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, which
0: which I like more when it's not as like edgy. Like I get ghost that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like the ghosts that are like getting people and like killing people. Yeah, and it's... well, I mean, the ghosts are almost an afterthought. In this yeah, movie. yeah. Like if you take if you took the ghost aspect out of it, it still would stand yeah. as a movie. Yeah, which which I like. I dig this
1: movie a lot um, I'm gonna say up top Cause I Like most people Like a lot Almost everyone I know Is like This is like Top five horror movies For uh. me This might be my favorite Horror movie Blah 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 blah. Like yeah. every list you see And I'm always like I think The Shining is pretty good Yeah So if you love this movie That's okay <laughs> To the people listening I like this movie too I just don't love it <laughs> but uh, I really like it. So I'm going to be kind of weirdly critical
0: on some stuff. Okay. I was very confused. Cause I was like, wait, where's it b- going? B- you're this? saying you like it. So what's the problem? It's just that thing. Like anytime you, it's like not one of the, the top ones for you. For
1: me, it's not like I've said before, I really like slashers, which most people are like, it's trash. This is cinema. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's a movie where a ghost lets some, lets a man with a
0: concussion murder, try to murder his wife. Like,
1: it's not like high art. It's yeah. just
0: really well made. It, like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it hits the same spot for me as Candyman did. At a certain point, I like it so much that I don't care if it's good or bad. It's just yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. I, I
1: can thoroughly lose myself in this movie. I find all the behind the scenes stuff about this movie that we'll get into
0: later. Which? Absolutely fascinating. I have so many. That's another thing. I love a movie, but I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay so let's dive in plot wise and pick it
1: apart as we go now (laughs) let's just dive right in so we open on that gorgeous mountain helicopter shot that is amazing yeah it's so good with that score (laughs) i think that set that and halloween really set a lot of the template for the way these movies sound Mm. but this one
0: more than halloween the sound design in this movie is fucking incredible yeah definitely and like I said uh, in the Friday Thirteenth episode, I didn't like the score in that, but this is the same sort of score, but it fits better with this movie. Yeah, like I like it more, not in a slasher. Oddly enough, same year.
1: Yeah, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it great
0: to be? I mean, two cinematic classics, <laughs> <laughs> Friday Thirteenth and The Shining, on the same level
1: an off discussed element of it and I love that they also have to now lump in like this one trash movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I love let's be clear <laughs> wait so you like the shining but you love friday the 13th
1: no i mean i i feel so tori- <laughs> like i feel like there's no good way
0: to choose my words
1: because i'm like i i love the shining like i yeah. i spent a good part of my 20s now that i'm a man and 30 i can say that <laughs> Well,
0: but now that we're drinking yes. bourbon on the rocks, <laughs> welcome to the manliest ASMR you've ever heard. Now scratch your beard. <laughs> but the shining.
1: Yes. Ah. Uh- so we uh meet jack torrance played by jack nicholson one of my big problems with this movie and it's one that stephen king shared is the second jack nicholson walks on camera you're like oh he's the bad guy right he is the villain oh okay he's gonna go crazy third act yeah i know that's fine
0: well it's like the joke we kept making throughout watching the whole movie oh yeah that's the joker like the second you see him it's the yeah, joke that that is and jack nicholson is capable of giving
1: performances where he is not that yeah he was clearly not asked to do that here and i know stephen king has a huge prop that's his one of his two most like problematic views with this movie in terms of it it being an adaptation of his work is yeah yeah. like i kind of based jack torrance a little bit on me so oh. he's in the book he very clearly starts off as good yeah and like likes his family and, like, it's about a person's slow descent into madness because Stephen King was a drug addict and an alcoholic at the time and he mm. was afraid of what he could possibly come and become and do. Yeah. And in this movie, it's just like, oh, no, this
0: is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is this our first Stephen King movie on the podcast? It is. Okay. Yeah. that's There will th- be more. I really like Stephen King. Well, I so. mean, I, I assume we have to do it and yeah. everything. So, Isn't that a theme, though, where, like, in a lot of his movie oh like he, like a, it's the of his
1: work is at least is just self-inserted versions of himself into his stories yeah <laughs> he loves that uh stephen king is incredibly prolific um but he really liked cocaine and you can tell <laughs> um and like it's it's clear that like a lot of his work is just
0: i don't know i need a character i guess i'll just write myself <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's really really bad when there's that self-insertion right but i I mean i haven't seen any of other stephen king stuff other than this but this it wasn't that bad yeah i mean it's like a stephen king trope i don't it never really bothered me that much because i'm like
1: yeah it kind of makes sense that he's like if i've got to put a main character in this someone who i really have to get in the head of it may as well be someone who likes the things i like but so we meet jack torrance yeah. now that we know stephen king's issue with him uh, and he's been hired to oh look over the overlook hotel uh during its winter its winter shutdown for the season because it is a little bit like i mean i know you'd probably get some wear and tear
0: but yeah. you just
1: not have someone
0: there in the movie and just like have everybody come back a little bit early yeah, to like two fix weeks before <laughs> i mean you get a snowplow up there by then yeah I mean, and they should have just hired his wife anyways cuz she did yeah, all the she work. She does all this. the work. I I really like Jack Nicholson's delivery on every word that comes oh, out of his mouth. I think he, as much as like
1: I said I have my problems, I still love the performance. Yeah. You you can't take your eyes off him. It's Jack Nicholson coming off of an Oscar win for uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. So it's just peak Nicholson, being Nicholson. Uh when we were watching it I said I can't wait to talk about his career cuz like at this point Jack Nicholson is probably somewhere near 40 either Mm. side of it. And he's really only just broken into being like a successful leading man, Mm. which is not something you hear of that often. Yeah. So I've just always thought he was really interesting. Yeah. Before this, he'd always done like low budget Corman horror movies Then he kind of gets his break. He's an easy writer, which changes the way movies are made. Mm. Then he wins an Oscar and then he winds up in The Shining. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So you have
0: to pronounce this movie The, shine, the Shining The Shining <laughs> run, run. Jack Nicholson is the same thing That I had with Kurt Russell Where I've only seen like current Kurt Russell right. and Jack Nicholson I haven't seen like in their prime yeah. movies it's Until so interesting this podcast to go back. Have yeah. you seen Batman though? I haven't seen the Batman that he was in <gasps> I haven't seen his Joker Oh that
1: movie's so good
0: Yeah I think it's the <laughs> one Batman movie that I haven't seen Have you seen Batman Returns? Yeah. But you didn't see Batman? What year did it come out? 89? What about Batman Returns?
1: 92. I mean, it's the return of
0: Batman. It's the sequel. Well, I know. <laughs> but in relation to my birth, I think Batman Returns was the newest one. I guess that's true. So I think I just saw that one and went that's on fair. from All there. Because right. I've even All seen right. the... uh All right. The Schumachers. The Bat-Titties bat ones. <laughs> and Those were my shit growing up. Oh,
1: I love those movies. I wa- I watch uh, Batman and Robin like at least once every other year.
0: In uh in our cupboard somewhere, McDonald's had these like glasses. You don't oh. and the bat nipples are like perky oh. on them. Like oh they stick gosh. out. You have them somewhere I in a cupboard. So bad as a kid. Somewhere <laughs> Not in the cupboard. The cover. bat nipples the cup. <laughs> <laughs> You can want both, Matt. It's okay. That's fair. I mean, I do, but... <laughs> yeah, I have, it's, it's somewhere in one of our cupboards oh, nice. somewhere. It's great. One day I'll have to find it okay. so we can drink yes. our bourbon. up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the classiest way to drink bourbon. <laughs> do you know how I like my bourbon? bat too. Chilled <laughs> Chilled on some ice deities. <laughs> they could cut glass. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze on the list of impressions. Yes. You know what he is?
1: Hmm. Cool. <laughs>
0: you had to uh, know that one was coming. Come on, man. <laughs> I think I understand. Why you chose that accent for your D and D character? Now <laughs> you've been doing it your whole it's life. It's so fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Aw, man, can
1: you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Shining? You chopped your family up into little
0: pieces. I, I'm gonna bash your fucking brains, Danny. Danny.
1: It's it's pretty much the same the same Danny anyway. when you think about it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I wouldn't touch a hair on his little head. I love that son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> can this just be the podcast now
0: <laughs> just a, just abandon the format uh-huh. just a, a side podcast of just us doing impressions all the time <laughs> i'd be so down but, but we're shiny.
1: so we meet his employers who inform him like oh it could be really tough um staying up here all by yourself you might murder your family. Yeah, <laughs> that's the last guy we hired did. Good luck. Yeah. And then we cut to Wendy and Danny, his wife and son. At and their, Tony. And Tony, Danny's imaginary friend who lives in his mouth.
0: <laughs> it's the boy that lives in his mouth. Such
1: <laughs> like a weird way of putting it. Well, but it's so specific that I'm like, oh, that's like really good. Like a kid would say that yeah. and not think it was weird. Like, No, he lives in my mouth and he talks out of my hand yeah that's what tony does (laughs) (laughs) obviously
0: idiot yeah (laughs) which is pretty much what he did to that like psychiatrist lady who's like i'm done talking to you now you don't get it because he has like a a freak out
1: he has like one of like his seizures is what it looks like from the outside but yeah we see what he sees yeah he's using the Shining. i mean the shining uh i don't want to get sued so he's seeing visions of what a we know now is the future for him and his family which is real upsetting red rum which
0: i I don't know why people were surprised that it's murder i know like Uh, the second i I saw it i was like oh that's murder and then all the way two and a half hours later at the end of the movie in the reflection use it like reveals that it says murder but i guess she didn't see it written down Mm. Like if somebody just walked up and was like Red Rum, you wouldn't be like murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if like we're at a horror convention, I mean, it's like and now someone... we would, but pre this movie, <laughs> <laughs> one of our amazing listeners runs yes. up to us and goes Red Rum. I'll totally go murder. Yeah,
1: I'm a maybe, horror bro too. Maybe
0: you do that, you score a sticker. Who knows? Yeah,
1: <laughs> but uh, the Shining, Red Rum. Uh, yeah, so they they do a house call to the doctor, which I feel like. Wasn't common by the '80s, so it feels weird to me, like having the doctor come for a house call. Also, they've inexplicably just taken Danny's pants off, <laughs> which is something
0: that for me I'm always and like. She's... I guess he
1: was like in the bathroom when it happened, but I'm like, it's still weird that you didn't she, like uh, put those back on. She slapped his thigh when
0: she got up, like the doctor lady. I was like, what? yeah, '80s man, wild, wild. times. <laughs> Yeah, because Doctor Sleep just came out, so every single time they kept saying Doctor, I was I just saw Ewan McGregor in my head. <laughs> and I was waiting for him to say like Doctor Sleep or something. No, I believe that is specific to that book. So <laughs> What book? Doctor Sleep. Oh, it's a book. It is Stephen King wrote
1: a sequel to oh, the okay. Shining. Yeah. It's
0: it's so, not a, Hey, let's make a sequel
1: <laughs> to no, this random no. uh, movie. That movie is I, I'm really curious to see. I'm fascinated just by the idea of it because Stephen King, like I said earlier, doesn't really like this movie that much. Yeah. Um, and his book is very different. So Dr. Sleep is very different, but the movie Dr. Sleep is expressly a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining.
0: Oh, but
1: it's also adapting Stephen King's book. Oh, so it is both at the same time. Okay. And I, I think that's I, I, Cannot wait to see how they like fix that puzzle
0: together. I just really want to see it like I told you, just to see if you and my goes Tony. I hope so, sir. So <laughs> Hello there. Hi, I'm Doctor Sleep. <laughs> what was that? I went back to school. <laughs> what (laughs) what yeah tony got his phd he's doctor oh my god (laughs) i thought you were quoting like ov1 or something (laughs) like a ewan mcgregor movie
1: use the force the force
0: i like that we're both doing the finger (laughs) i mean how can you not it's just like a reflex every single time we say oh another one for the board i literally write on an imaginary board next to our mics we commit to the bit on this podcast oh my god we're as smart as stanley kubrick making green tables and black and white movies We're doing visuals and audio (laughs) podcast. It's for you, listening
1: Us and the guy who voiced Roger Rabbit. Oh, my God. He's Dr. Sleep. (laughs) He's literally the sleep doctor. I would watch the shit out of that movie. But you know what movie we did watch the shit out of? The Shining.
0: Red rum.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So they decide, like, okay, well, we'll move in. So they go to the hotel and they're getting their tour. And they meet my favorite character in the whole movie. Dick. Oh fucking Halloran! Oh Scatman, played by Scatman <laughs> Crothers. <laughs> Yeah, man, greatly. <laughs> he's the best in this movie, though, yeah. man. Like, he's the best. He's the only good person in this whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, no, Wendy's pretty good,
0: I guess. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that people had a problem with their performance, but I didn't have that much of a problem with it. Oh, we'll get into that. Don't <laughs> worry.
1: Um, I actually, I really, Shelly Duvall plays yeah. uh Wendy Torrance in this movie. I really like her in this movie. I think she delivers on exactly what the way this character is adapted asks for. mm Um, Stephen King, though, has said, and he is not wrong, that is his other big problem with this movie. In my book, the character from the get-go, like, fights back, uh, pushes back against him, and is a strong, like, independently-minded person. Oh,
0: she's not submissive.
1: Yes, and he said that Stanley Kubrick reduced Wendy to a screaming dish towel (laughs) whose only purpose (laughs) is to try not to get killed. He said it is one of the most misogynistic takes on a character he has ever seen and having read some of the book i still need to finish it it's really long he's not wrong like when you start reading the book you're gonna be like oh wow they like butchered this character (laughs) but for for what the movie is as its own thing as i think movies have to stand
0: as i think she does a great job yeah i think she's very good in the role in what she is asked to do at a certain point i was like oh my god because throughout the whole movie she thinks everything is normal like her husband's just losing his mind and her kid needs like help and all of a sudden, fucking go. Yeah, almost like <laughs> she just almost got murdered and like she's finally getting out of there and all the ghosts appear to her yeah, A bear man is
1: blowing time. a butler And she's like what Yeah, <laughs>
0: Which is the appropriate reaction Yeah she had a definite appropriate reaction yeah, To yeah. that I am too high for this shit <laughs> Oh my god she was too high for this yeah. shit But we're at the
1: beginning of the movie yes. Oh I did forget to mention earlier And it's important because it comes back later She says that Jack Nicholson broke Tandy's arm By accident yeah. Five months ago and he hasn't had a drop of alcohol Since then Yeah that's important i'll tell you why later okay
0: but we, <laughs> so then we met scatman and you find out tour. yeah he also has the shining yeah which i didn't know that was the thing that is that is a thing that actually
1: pops up a lot in stephen king's work it's normally not called the shining like that mm. is dick o'halloran that is dick's word for it but like you see it pop up like especially in kids in stephen king books Mm. like the the book of it kind of implies that their bond is so strong because they don't know they're doing it but they all shine um another one of his books that's really bad and has a bad movie it does it um people throughout like all of stephen king's work is connected mostly through the dark tower book series Mm. um where people just like are like yeah the shining we all have that like it's fine not everyone but you know like it's just
0: like a thing because it's a fantasy world pennywise is like some universe being that's like in other like that ties in other books and stuff uh pennywise himself does not pop up but But i mean it's a part of the same universe like in other yeah yeah Yeah.
1: there are creatures like pennywise that pop up in other stories there are references to him like in one of the books someone sees graffiti many years later after the events of it that say uh pennywise lives Mm. um somebody else says like one time when i was a kid i swear to god i saw a clown in the sewer which is just like, like great in a little book. world. Yeah, great little world building. Yeah. Like oh, all this stuff, you know, Carrie has psychic powers. That's the plot of that story. Oh, that was Carrie Stephen King too. Yeah. Uh Firestarter is also Stephen King. So yeah. like psychics just exist in the Stephen
0: King universe. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I knew like spooky shit goes on in the movie right. like with all the <laughs> uh like famous shots and everything. But I didn't know it was tied to the kid and tied to like, I didn't know how it all tied together. Right. So when I found that, out, I was like, whoa. Yeah, does such a good job of
1: weaving it yeah. all together. And, ah, it's so good. And Scatman Crothers is just like delightful. Yeah. And I just love him in this movie. Like, yeah. I want to hang out with Dick Halloran because of him. Yeah. I wanted more of him in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that is that is if there's one major flaw to this movie that keeps me from truly loving it not enough
0: scat man (laughs) what if it in dr sleep cuts the scat man oh i know he died i mean that
1: is a thing i'm very curious about in the book dick lives Ah, yes yeah so because so and i I guess he's like a character in the book dr sleep so what do you do for this movie so and then everyone leaves except the family and then fucking nothing happens for an hour like it's deliberate and i like it but there are times where i'm like you could really lift like 20 minutes out of this movie and it would still totally work
0: before you watch it you're like two and a
1: half hours strap in it could be two yeah i understand you need it to be longish because like you you want to feel you need the atmosphere yeah it's the atmosphere feeling like you're kind of losing your mind with jack nicholson it's kind of i think something that I know you'll like it, but the Blair Witch pulled on of the like, oh, if you have to sit with these people for two and a half hours, you're going to want something to happen. Yeah. It's very intentional. I appreciate that. But two hours is still very long, <laughs> even maybe like 215. <laughs> I like how this is where I'm losing people and
0: I know it and I'm fine with that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can see where you're coming from, because to me... I want to say that too but I was just enjoying yeah, I, All the shots and everything I, I
1: don't know what you would cut that's yeah. the problem Like I feel like a little bit of editing Would really improve this movie like someone saying No Stanley <laughs> <laughs> Obviously no one did that His int- like, entire career his enti- Like at this point in his career no one was going to say No to Stanley Kubrick Yeah. So like I get it And again I don't know what you would cut But it feels like there's some fat there That you yeah. can trim Like maybe some shots could be just shorter yeah. But we do get my, one of my favorite sequences of the whole movie, which is Danny riding through the whole hotel on mm-hmm. his his trike. And the, that's where the sound design is like,
0: chef's kiss. <laughs> Scatman uh, chef. Yes. His kiss from Scatman. It's man. a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that was the thing because I knew about this scene where he's on his trike yeah. and he sees the two girls so every single time he was like going around corners i was waiting for it like this movie like almost improves because even as someone i i've watched this at least two times before
1: now Mm. um you almost forget so the movie still scares you and improves yeah because now i'm waiting for those little girls and i kind of forget where they're gonna pop up because i kind of lose myself in this movie yeah (sighs) this movie's really good (laughs) Like, I know I started off saying, like, there's going to be some things I'm going to say you're not going to like, but it is really good. Yeah. Just a lot of pretty shots. Yeah. Danny sitting on the second most iconic carpet in the world. Mm -hmm. Right behind the Big Lebowski because that one ties the room together. My favorite. I can tie it to animation because we're animation nerds. That carpet. Is the carpet that Sid has in his house in Toy Story. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did know that. Because yeah. the people who were in the the graduating class that all the Pixar guys were in mm-hmm. are all like obsessed with The Shining. So then we start really seeing um, Jack Torrance unravel pretty quickly. Because awesome. yeah. they say like, we've been here for a month. And it's like That's way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Which uh... okay, gets to the problem with this is like, I never feel like Jack Nicholson likes his family and is going crazy he's mm. just like oh, i cannot wait to get that hotel and fucking murder
0: the two of them <laughs> the entire movie he s- seemed like he was about to snap at any moment oh he, even from the beginning from from the moment they're in a car together when yeah. the kid is like i'm
1: hungry not like feed me now just like i'm kind of hungry we should eat your fucking breakfast mm-hmm. sit back down It's fine. He learned it on TV. Like everything he says is like,
0: I hate you. (laughs) He learned it on the television. (laughs) Yeah. Cannibalism. He watched Texas Chainsaw. (laughs) Probably. Mm -hmm. It's fine, mom. Leatherface wasn't that bad. I I felt bad for him. (laughs) He's an abusive family. He deserved better. Do you
1: think Danny Torrance can like really relate to Leatherface? (laughs) It's like, oh
0: man, bro, I get it. My dad, I
1: a- get it. Yeah,
0: I, I feel it. Like my dad's a dick too. <laughs> I get you, man. Your brothers suck. My dad sucks. I, I
1: understand, man. <laughs> Ghosts broke into my place of residence, <laughs>
0: teenagers broke into yours. You know, it's fine. I didn't eat <laughs> any of them, but right, right. I got Tony told me not to. Maybe yeah. you need a Tony. Yes. <laughs> Let's work that out for you, buddy. <laughs> Maybe there's a little boy that needs to live in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's probably eaten one or two. So. <laughs> We're to talk
1: about the yes. shiny. We start seeing him really kind of unravel just lots of like. I guess this is where the fat could be trimmed. Lots of slow zoom in shots on Jack Nicholson looking <laughs> crazy.
0: <laughs> My favorite scenes because it kept happening is when he went up to the bar and all of a sudden the bartender's there. Oh, stuff. I love that. I love that. Like I said, I love his delivery, but mostly when he was talking to the bartender. Yes. Just everything he said. Everything was is amazing. perfect. I mean, really, like I said, like not a ton happens right here. So I guess we could really kind
1: of skip to that. Like it's yeah. just Jack Nicholson is clearly losing his mind. He starts being more openly Aggressive towards yeah. not just like ah, I'm so sick of this but like when he tells His wife like if I'm in here You don't come the fuck in <laughs> like,
0: And she's just like I just <laughs> want to know If you want a sandwich yeah. damn I'll tell you if I want a fucking sandwich
1: <laughs> Like that's his tone now like he's gone past Like well you should have eaten at home To I'm gonna murder you <laughs> My book yeah. I need to write my book Oh right in here is where we get the great shot of the maze no, yeah. Where it pulls out and pulls out and pulls out until it's the model. Or, no, wait, I'm thinking it, of it backwards. It goes in, yeah, and, it in, goes in and in and yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. I'm like, I'm here for it. And then it's just back to like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oh, when's he going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after all of that waiting, we didn't really go in sequence. Shit gets real. <laughs> uh, he room wonders- 247. Oh, that's right. Before that is room 237. 237? Two th- two yes. 237 237 237 uh which in the book is 217 but the hotel that uh they filmed the exterior of this movie at because actually all of the interiors were sets oh. that they built they just built a hotel basically hmm. so that stanley kubrick could do whatever he wanted with it <laughs> um, uh in the book it is 217 in the book in the movie it is 237 because the hotel requested we actually have a room 217 we don't have a room
0: 237. Can you change it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Just smart on their part. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, nowadays, I feel like people would go just. Oh, apparently people so
1: um, frequently request room 217. Yeah. Because everybody like knows. That's like one of those. like, Hey, did you know facts? <laughs> so anybody that obsessed with The Shining is like,
0: yeah, I want to go make out with 217. the bath lady. That scene is so weird <laughs> and upsetting. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Danny wanders in there. You don't see what happens. Yeah, and because of him walking to his mom and dad with like yeah. strangle marks. Yeah, he's clearly got bruises on his neck. Yeah, and Wendy, of course,
1: immediately thinks that Jack did it because he just had fair. a night terror. Yeah, about murdering them. <laughs> uh so that's when he gets angry and
0: dances in a hallway <laughs> fucking footloose style <laughs> um yeah then there's the bar scene and then she comes in yes and it's like there's oh, yeah. a lady but that first bar scene yeah i said it was gonna come back mm.
1: he's talking to the bartender just about his troubles as you do mm-hmm. there are so many fascinating things in the scene i don't even know where to start um one Every time that he sees ghosts until he's locked in the pantry, there is a mirror. So a lot of people mm. seeing it until the end, what it becomes expressly supernatural. Apparently, if you hadn't read the book, the movie genuinely led you to believe like, Oh, he's just losing it. These people are all imaginary. Cause even when he mm. sees the woman in room two, three, seven, there's a mirror behind her. Mm. And then later he's like, what? Nothing was there in the bathroom. There's a mirror in the party room. There are mirrors everywhere. Hmm. so is he just nuts but then i and a lot of people actually theorize like you know there were no ghosts and i'm like no she saw the ghost <laughs> she's not him yeah <laughs> who opened that pantry
0: <laughs> but uh smart house
1: yeah yes <laughs> but uh the other one i'll focus in on here is passage of time in this movie is so weird and you don't know who the unreliable narrator is and i i really like that hmm because talking to uh lloyd the bartender he says it's the part we quoted earlier you know i wouldn't i love the little son of a bitch i wouldn't hurt a hair on his head he says you know she she'll never let me forget it and he starts telling the story and it's pretty much the same until he says that was five years ago and i quit drinking five months ago she said he only broke his arm five months ago and that was when he quit drinking Mm. who's lying Is he convincing himself like, I haven't harmed him since then. And you know what? Then on my own, I quit drinking. And she says it took hurting our kid to make him quit. Mm. Or is she lying to herself? Like, no, 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 no. It was was just a couple months ago. It's
0: fine. It's fine. Yeah. You know, because when she said that, I totally got the vibe of like, oh, she's like downplaying what he did. Oh,
1: 100%. This movie is like a brilliant metaphor for the abuse that people face in relationships. Yeah. Then she comes running in and everything disappears from around him. And he's just alone in that ballroom.
0: <laughs> and she says, there's a woman in the hotel. Danny told me there's a woman. Also, I feel like every single time he went back and like took a drink, I feel like he was sipping the Kool-Aid and went crazier. Probably. Every single time. he And did. the cup never got emptier, except yeah. for when he drinks it all down. But yeah, so Jack Nicholson goes to room 237 yes but there is a lot of build-up to that scene so i was expecting it to be worse than it was it's the tough
1: thing of like knowing that scene is there like i knew vaguely about this movie when i saw it but i didn't like know that scene so watching it unfold without any prior knowledge in
0: any way was like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah because to me that same scene in ready player one was scarier (laughs)
1: Well, she's a little more of a monster. In that, yeah. Isn't she? she
0: like runs at him from behind. Yeah, this the... is more like they're just messing with him now. They want to yeah. make him lose his mind. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. But like, that's what I was expecting. Like yeah. her to run and run at him. More conjuring than. Right. More it too. With yeah. The lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw one of the funniest
1: things I've ever seen. Which is somebody being like, that scene is so ageist, because when she gets old, now she's supposed to be scary. And literally everyone was like, um, no, she's scary because she's dead. <laughs> like, she she's a, a rotting corpse. Like, did you see the movie? Like, normally I'm on board with like a hot take. But I was just like, no, I think you got this one way off. <laughs> i'm on board for a hot take but what <laughs> yeah people are wild man <laughs> that is why i don't use twitter <laughs> yeah that's fair i'm on our twitter come send me a message yeah go tweet to matt just keep please, me out of it please help me <laughs> keep me out of
0: it uh but yeah so he runs
1: out yeah and then he just acts like nothing happened yeah which is the creepiest choice. So, mm-hmm. but it lends credence to a lot of people's like, oh, at this point, he probably even thinks I'm just losing my mind. Mm. There are no ghosts. There was a mirror there. I, I've
0: been freaking out. I've been having these nightmares. That's all it was. Yeah, I was, tr- I was trying to figure out if he was trying to be in denial or if he was playing along with it. Like- I've always read it, at least at this point, as denial. Mm hmm.
1: Because yeah. he doesn't like bring up, like, well, I was talking to Lloyd about it. Because and... <laughs> then it would be like, oh, he's in, you know? Yeah. Well, and Pat Lloyd down yeah. at the bar. So then he goes back down to talk to Lloyd some more <laughs> in another scene that I just love, which is, again, I don't know what you cut, but I feel like you could cut something. Yeah. Well, at this point, uh, I believe Danny starts having another freak out because he's being contacted by Dick O'Halloran. Mm hmm. I can never remember if it's Dick Halloran or Dick O'Halloran. I'm going to keep confusing it. Just go with I'd it. I just called him Scatman. Scatman uh, Scat is like checking in on him because he knows there's a storm. And That's when she, when when Wendy, she starts like really freaking out. Hmm. And she goes down to get Jack. But she knows he's been acting strangely. So she takes the bat with her and she finds this book. Which is, again, just a good scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But all I can think every time is what if she got like two pages in and then it was just normal and she was like, oh. okay cool i was real worried there for a minute (laughs) then jack shows up and she has to pretend it's normal but she just can't she's just having a breakdown because she knows like he's gonna kill me which is one of the most effectively terrifying scenes i've ever seen in a movie again the metaphor for abuse makes it even scarier yeah and because kubrick is very particular he shot a lot a lot of film When she is backing up the stairs, I believe that scene still holds the Guinness Book of World Records record for uh, most takes of a single scene consecutively. Which, I mean, you work in the film industry. Mm -hmm. How many takes is a lot of takes to you?
0: Like in the hundreds?
1: Yes. (laughs) I believe it was at like 175. Maybe it's a little lower. Like, to the point that, like, everyone, like, was like, we gotta stop, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'll get more on that later. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, Kubrick is very particular. Um, Another person who's like that is David Fincher. David Mm. Fincher isn't as much of a dick, but, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, and again, Kubrick is very particular. So if it's just your hands in a shot, that was actually Jack Nicholson. That Mm. was not his stand-in. That was not an extra, that was... He was like, no, we have to make sure the hands are held exactly the way Jack Nicholson would hold his hands up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, she finally gets him in the head with the bat, knocks him out and drags him into the pantry where she locks him in. Mm -hmm. He starts trying to to gaslight her.
0: She's getting so creepy and weird. Which, even though it's like (sighs) terrible, Jack Nicholson did a really good job of selling it. But I love that every time they cut back to him, he's doing
1: the I'm so injured voice, but he's making his evil face like i know this is bullshit i have not come to and realized i'm the bad guy yeah but i really hope you think that like it's so terrifying he's so good in this movie yeah like from this point on is why you hire jack nicholson Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yeah
1: i i can't imagine anybody else doing it this well yeah so i i can suffer through the fact that we don't see a slow descent into madness he's just always kind of mad yeah Again, we've talked about mental health and horror and how it's not great. So excuse me for saying words like crazy
0: and mad and losing it. Yeah. But that is clearly what this movie thinks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think uh, when we point out like mental health is when they specifically say like, oh, this person has this mental disorder or yeah, whatever. Yeah. This is just like. Jack Nicholson is
1: not actually crazy. There are ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts are making him crazy. Yes.
0: Right. The ghosts are a metaphor for cocaine. (laughs) 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 They are. (laughs) Before then, he goes into the party. yeah, And then meets. That's
1: when he meets Grady. Yeah. Not just Lloyd. Yeah. Grady tells him, you've always been the caretaker here. See, that's the type of ghost stuff I love. This is my favorite Jack Nicholson take, which is when I'm like, man, I never realized how much of a Jack, like Jack Nicholson has an overbite. Um, when he's biting his lower lip and sticking his tongue out at the same time he's like you chopped your family into little pieces
0: I know every single time he like stuck his tongue out Uh, and he literally goes "Uh." (laughs) and I love it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh, 10 out of 10 uh, great it comes and it's like what you doing little bitch pretty much step it up (laughs) we know you can't handle it do we have to kill her no
1: good fine get the fuck out there man (laughs) smart house halftime pep (laughs) talk. you got this i believe in you (laughs) i picture him now like a mom like hey buddy made you lunch Mm -hmm. oh oh i forgot my favorite singing about the pantry that I'd only noticed this time. Open Oreos. And stuff. He's got the Oreos and peanut butter. Yeah. Like He's just been going to town. Like, well, I guess if I'm stuck <laughs> in here, I'm going to make myself a bed of rice bags and really just
0: chow down on some peanut butter Oreos. And then great that's, that's like my ideal day, dude. I know. <laughs> Maybe this pantry thing isn't so bad. Yeah. Well,
1: I didn't get a murderer, but
0: Oreos. I mean... There's enough food in here to last me until yeah, people start coming back. Exactly. So. I'm all set. <laughs> so many Oreos. Wow. He opens the door. Grady opens the door and he's like, oh, you got your Oreos and peanut bubbers? All good right, job, get, buddy. You give get back, back out there. Get back I believe in you. <laughs> you had a good snack? You well rested? <laughs> How's that concussion? <laughs> oh, worse. All right. Well, hurry up. <laughs> oh, Scatman shows up.
1: Skyman is not there yet. He decides uh, yes. I need to go over there because no one can get a hold of them. Yeah. So he gets on his plane from Florida and starts flying over. Yeah. That's when we realize like all of this has happened in the course of like four hours. But then the iconic scene happens.
0: Yeah. He chases him down. down. the door. Yeah.
1: Which, uh, there is some footage you can find of Jack Nicholson hyping himself up with mm-hmm. the with the axe right before they do the take. It's it's awesome. That because it's him just standing there swinging the axe at nothing and like yelling and like getting real into it mm. and like pounding on his chest it's great so so it's
0: like our red leather thing. yeah yeah it's his warm-up so we need to get an axe yeah <laughs> to really amp up yes. this podcast
1: that's what we're missing
0: um <laughs> uh, that was my favorite shot is when he swings the axe and the axe makes contact with the door the camera shakes yeah like and it's not like a oh hitting something accidental shake it's intentional yeah which i love it because i operate that's cameras the way
1: the camera follows him as he swings yeah. is so good i mean yeah. that's why you hire the guy who invented the camera yeah. you're
0: using yeah that, that that's what i was gonna say like i operate cameras i know how hard that yeah. is to pull off especially doing it more than once and
1: knowing how particular kubrick
0: is how many takes on did. film yeah like
1: okay F- fun fact uh uh-huh. Did you notice that Jack Nicholson is really efficient At chopping down doors mm-hmm. You would probably assume that's a fake door Right? Something easy to cut through I did no, not it, it was real because turns out Jack Nicholson had been a firefighter Before he became <laughs> famous So they tried using fake doors And he could knock them out in like two blows Cause he was like this is like balsa wood Yeah I know how to cut through Wham! <laughs> So they just had to go get the real doors and they went through like six of them <laughs> for amazing. each each shot or for each time he's cutting through a door. Like that's amazing. That's why he's like so good at it. That's so good. Yeah. But then he oh, little pigs, little pigs mm-hmm.
0: I'll
1: huff i all puff. I love it. I love everything about it. Like yeah. this is not the scene you cut. If you're going to cut something
0: again, <laughs> this is why you're a bad writer, Jack. You're just reading kids books. If exactly. That's all you
1: quote, Come on, man. <laughs> Chaucer, Shakespeare, get some real influences. (laughs) Start being like, oh, Juliet, oh, Juliet. (laughs) How much better is this movie if he just starts reciting (laughs) Shakespearean soliloquies? Because he's like, what? I was an English teacher.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. He was a teacher, that's right. But yeah, he gets enough to get. Yeah Get his little face in And be like Here's Johnny and
1: Just in time Just in the nick of time She gets Danny out the window And he yeah. slides down Still kind of zonked out Because he's being controlled by Tony mm-hmm. Which they yeah. don't elaborate on whatsoever no. In the book they do Okay In the book It is implied that Tony is either His subconscious Or his future self Reaching back using the shine To try to warn him It's it still kind of ambiguous But like I love the idea that Yeah Ewan McGregor is like Look the fuck out!
0: <laughs> 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 what if you McGregor has to use the red rum voice throughout the entire movie because that's just how he talks? <laughs> what Ewan you? Heard? Oh, hello there! <laughs>
1: hello there! Ah, <laughs> oh, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You in is mine. Come, come back. Come, God to damn come it, back. Stanley! <laughs> <laughs> come,
0: come back! Come, come to Disney Plus. Come do a show. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be real good. <laughs> look, at, look at all the memes the kids make at you. Come back, <laughs> please. You're my only hope. <laughs> get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Ewan, Ewan, Ewan. Do you get it?
1: <laughs> Whatever Steve gets it.
0: <laughs> right, Steve.
1: instead Steve is like No this time I'm on Stanley's side Oh god damn it I knew you loved him
0: The second I saw Ready Player (laughs) One I was like god damn it
1: Steve (laughs) But Shining Yes So she gets him out in time and it's about then That Statman pulls up in his uh, snowcat Also earlier Jack Nicholson destroyed their snowcat their only way out Yeah Uh, He pulls up in his that he has rented to help save them and Jack Nicholson hears him, pulls up and it this is my favorite sequence because it is the perfect example of uh, the and like, you know, seeing a bomb go off isn't scary. But if you know the bomb is ticking and you have to listen to it tick, but no one else knows, it's way more terrifying. We know Jack Nicholson is there with an axe and that he heard him and we're just
0: like, just do it. Just do it. I, I, I literally thought he was going to save the day because he's oh. scat man. I literally cuz no 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 scam man. boop bop but I'm man. <laughs> I I I genuinely thought he was going to save the day. Yeah. So no, that's why I'm I was sorry. very disappointed. Um, straight up murders cat-, yeah, cat man.
1: Just <laughs> In and just. Goes mo- ah. <laughs> I love everything about that. I love that that inspired Brad Dorif. Clearly he's just been doing that as the Chucky voice since then. The, oh uh-huh. That is all Chucky does. <laughs> Anytime he enters a room, is he Nicholson yells, <laughs> Which is double fun because he's clearly doing a Nicholson impression. Guess what movie? Brad Dorif almost won an Oscar for that Jack Nicholson did. Hmm. They were in one flew over the Cougar's nest together. <laughs> so I love to think that he's like, "Yeah, I do a great impression of Jack." Watch. And they're like, "That's the voice. That's Chucky." <laughs> well, now I have a fun fact for anyone who watched Chucky. Yeah, we don't have Nicholson money, but we got Dorif money, and he
0: does a great Nicholson. <laughs> and then years later, we'll get Mark Hamill. Yep, who is also Joker. Yeah, it all comes back around. <laughs> But yeah, he straight up kills Scatman, and then Danny pops out of his little cupboard and he chases Danny.
1: Yes, so he chases him into the maze after killing Scatman and Crothers, and it's right here. Intercut, he is going through a literal maze while Wendy is going through a metaphorical maze of the hotel, which I love. What the fuck was that dog thing? Uh, okay, I told you I knew something about it. Apparently, in the book, they explain that like at the hotel, like in like the the forties. They used to hold or Like the 60s I think I'm maybe way off I didn't get to this point In the book I read it on like Wikipedia hmm. uh, so I apologize to everyone Who <laughs> loves the book But essentially like Oh like swinger parties Used to happen there And they do like weird shit Mm so she's seeing the ghosts of some swingers, I guess, who are like the hotel was our place, you know. But it's mostly it's mostly just there to be creepy.
0: Like, yeah, what? <laughs> I was just like, why? What? Yeah, there, there was were, no build up it, to that. It is effective.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then she runs into all uh, the pirates of the Caribbean set. What is this? I had forgotten about the
0: room full of skeletons with the cobwebs. And all I can think was pirates. <laughs> well, when she first ran in and. Was like, Wah! all I saw was the spider webs. So I was like, they're just spider webs. It's fine. Yeah, but then it, it showed the skeletons. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I, I see now. Yeah. So she's trying to get out of the
1: hotel to get to Danny, but clearly the ghosts are trying to keep her there. Mm-hmm. And Jack is trying to get to Danny to kill him. Yeah. Then Danny, Smartest I still boy. think controlled by Tony who might be him when he's older, instead of leaving footprints in the snow, starts backtracking through his footprints so you can't follow him.
0: And I yeah. love it. Smart boy. Yeah. And then, like, crawls behind a hedge and, like, wipes his tracks on yep. his way. The softest, powderiest snow I've ever
1: seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it's movie. Yeah, it was not winter when they filmed this. Real doors. Fake snow. <laughs> yes. But I love that whole sequence in the hedge maze. I love, like, how you can just... It's the only time, one of the only times I can think of where there's like an effective actor dying Hmm. take because Jack Nicholson is going so broad with it. I'm like, oh, I believe that. Yeah. I believe that that's how this dude dies. Yeah. (laughs) I never watched this movie with subtitles. That was fascinating (laughs) to read what
0: the dialogue is. Come back. Ah, come on. What are you doing? (laughs) Wendy. One time he said hello and the subtitle hello. said H U L L O in their defense. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> That's what he said. Danny gets out. Yeah. Finds gets his to mom. his mom. They both then, escape. Quick cut. Jack Nookson's frozen. Yes. And then They show a photo from nineteen twenty one. Jack and Jack is there. there. That's the question I have. What? <laughs> That's
1: not like in the book or anything. That's purely an invention of the movie. I think meant to give some ambiguity to it all mm-hmm. of like was he always there? Is he a reincarnation of one of the caretakers? Yeah. Um did some did Grady possess him and now he is Grady? Mm-hmm. Like cuz we don't understand why he did what he did except oh ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like this that just kind of leads to more of like why did he do it? The movie had a different ending that went to theaters. And then they cut it out later, so when they escape, it cuts to them after they've escaped before they zoom in on the photo at the hotel. Mm-hmm. um apparently, no one you can't really find this scene. People just talk about it mm. because the movie, you know, it made money, yeah, but uh so people talk about this all the time that there's a scene that got cut out two weeks after the movie had been in theaters. Stanley Kubrick requested they remove it because he decided he didn't like it. Um where we cut to Danny and Wendy in the hospital. And the boss of, of Jack comes and says, like, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, they found his body up there. He froze to death. It's really too bad that this like happened again. We we really didn't want this to happen. We're glad we're so glad you guys are okay. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh, and uh they found this, so I wanted to make sure you got it back. And he hands Danny the tennis ball that rolls to him from nowhere earlier implying that the boss was in on it all almost like maybe they're sacrificing people to the hotel and the spirits there mm. so but then the book ends uh jack has a moment of clarity and says like i don't want to have to hurt you too this place is making me do it i haven't been maintaining the boilers all rooms all night you need to leave mm. and then the hotel blows up with him mm. inside Which is why I don't know how you do Dr. Sleep, which is the movie is being sold expressly on Return to the Overlook. Mm -hmm. And the book is sold on like, yeah, Return to the Smoldering Ash Pile of the Overlook. (laughs) And I want to see this movie.
0: Maybe they rebuilt
1: it. No, because it's expressly a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's Shining. Uh, I've heard there's actually not that much Overlook in it, that it's... mm. You know the the trailers kind of really oversell it because they're so afraid of like no 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 it's the shining it's the shining
0: (laughs) you remember you remember 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 Remember? (laughs) that was another thing I think you pointed out in Poltergeist how it was like a old grave yard that got moved and this it's like indian burial ground well they say
1: we think it was an indian burial burial ground i guess it's kind of their way around it i think in the book they never say that it's more just the implication of when bad things happen yeah Yeah. so i I believe that the indian burial ground pops up in a number of other king stories which sucks yeah but um (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because Wendy also pointed out, oh, are these Indian? All the Native American art. There is a movie that I highly recommend everyone watch called Room 237. Mm -hmm. That is a a kind of a documentary where essentially they have on all these film critics and scholars. You never see anyone's face. It's just clips of The Shining. And they're just talking about their weird theories about The Shining. Mm. Like this movie is Stanley Kubrick admitting to faking the moon landing. Because that's always been the theory is that Stanley Kubrick shot the fake moon landing. I mean, why else would a kid wear a NASA shirt? (laughs) Because kids like NASA? Or this movie is a metaphor. This one actually holds more ground, but I don't think it was his intent. This movie is a metaphor for the genocide of Native Americans. They keep bringing up Native American art. They keep bringing up the fact that they had to kill all the Native Americans to get them out of there. Jack Nicholson says, this is the white man's burden. This is the white man's burden. Also confusing. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think Kubrick was like, yes, it's definitely a metaphor for Native Americans. But I think that stuff probably influenced him a little bit. But in Room 237, I love how obsessed people are with this movie. That is the most fascinating part of it. Literally there is a can where the, This product's uh, logo Used to be a Native American face um, They're like yeah you know uh, there's an inconsistency And Kubrick wasn't known for those In one take When they cut to Jack in the pantry The head is facing outward Then they cut away and cut back The head isn't facing outward Clearly a metaphor And it's like no No I think Jack Nicholson bumped into that can <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. it it's a fascinating look at like how obsessed people are with movies yeah. and as someone obsessed with them i i think it's it's great
0: i mean it's like uh we talked about on one everybody episode. go watch it. <laughs> go watch it it's like what we talked about on one episode uh about the dead dead meat their podcast episode on cursed movies yeah. You can make anything cursed if you look too hard Into it exactly
1: well and especially A movie like this that is rife with Metaphor
0: yeah it and really In ambiguity, like, ambiguity. Like... it really bothers
1: me That they're like we need to invent it but I also Find it fascinating that like there Is all this weird little stuff that's like Did he know that he was Doing that was he messing with us hmm. Or did he not even realize he'd put it in There yeah because like obviously like, The moon landing stuff is like well one the moon landing Happened <laughs> um, And two it's just a NASA shirt That's all you got But then like the Native American one It's like Oh And then there's other stuff That like I actually believe Kubrick would do Like when the boss stands up And he walks towards Jack Nicholson Kubrick was famously Really into subliminal imagery hmm. When he stands up And walks over to Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholson's head Is exactly eye level With the dude's crotch And He stands in front of um, Like a file holder And the file holder Is exactly level With his crotch also and it looks like it is penetrating Jack Nicholson's mouth, because this dude is in a position of power and he's controlling him. <laughs> so that I'm like, I could see someone like as obsessive as Kubrick framing that that way. I cannot see him being like, this is about Native American genocide and the sensitivity that we should all show; otherwise,
0: we're just like monsters. You know, like no, it's like it's like <laughs> two chains of thought. Oh, yes, we'll make this about deep political issues to bring awareness. Nah, dicks. Dicks. (laughs) I choose to believe in dick. Um, (laughs) Well, he was a great character before he he died.
1: He was. It's true. But now I really want to get into what is the thing I find most fascinating about The Shining behind the scenes. You took your jacket off for this one. Oh, yes, I did. (laughs) We're about to get into it, Zach. Mm -hmm. So The Shining. Is a metaphorical look at the suffering a woman is put through by a man in power who's trying to control every aspect of her life and maybe even kill her. Or as I call it, the relationship between Stanley Kubrick and Shelley Duvall. Because he was fucking terrible to her. Oh God. I, I don't want to make you hate this movie, but you're gonna be like, we should be more critical of it. <laughs> so as I said before, Stanley Kubrick, kind of a dick, very particular but there's a difference between being exacting Like yeah. and being an asshole Like yeah. you know he, he likes a lot of takes mm. So when Scatman Crothers had a breakdown Because he was like I don't know what you want from me Stanley Kubrick was like we're going to take a break I'm going to go talk to him we'll figure this out mm. But he did still give a dude a breakdown You know especially since Scatman wasn't really like an actor Yeah So like, But he said like we're going to take five You know He did not afford those things to Shelley Duvall, who he would constantly berate on set. He would say things like, hey, Shelley, why are you trying to ruin my movie? Everyone is here waiting on you and you're wasting our time. Why are you trying to ruin everyone's day? When she would say things like, if I can just get one more take, he'd say, you know, I don't think you deserve one more take. If you could do it, you would have done it by now. There is behind the scenes footage of him saying things like that to the point she had an emotional breakdown. She got very sick. She started losing her hair because she was so stressed out by all of it. And still, when people would say, Shelly, are you okay?" He would walk over. There's footage of this. Pull them aside and say, don't sympathize with Shelly. She doesn't deserve it. Stanley Kubrick's a fucking monster. He made some of the best movies of all time. But is any art worth that? Is the most interesting thing you can ask about that guy. But then there's also stuff like he was very concerned with all the kids in the movie. Mm. To the point that uh, Danny Lloyd, who played Danny Torrance, said, I didn't know I was in a horror movie as a child. Mm. Because he was so protective over what I saw and when. The twins did not know they were in a horror movie. He and Jack Nicholson got along great. It was really just Shelley Duvall that he just tortured supposedly it's because he was like he cast her off of um, a movie that she was very good in she was in an altman movie uh much like uh the mom from uh nightmare on elm street and then she showed up and the difference between roger altman and stanley kubrick is altman is very like no just feel it out go for it we'll talk about it we'll do a couple of takes yeah be natural and kubrick is so precise so she got there and she couldn't do that precision that he wanted because that's a different kind of acting. Yeah, you hear the same thing about people who aren't dicks. You hear that apparently about um. We were talking about him earlier, oh, Wes, Wes Anderson, Anderson. Uh, <laughs> Wes Anderson, and apparently Ray Fiennes, who was in um, uh, the Hotel movie, <laughs> um, Bu- 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 Grand Budapest hotel. hotel. It's the only one I haven't seen. So um, the, a lot of imagery favorite.
0: that looks like The Shining, like the outside shots, yeah. especially.
1: But apparently, like Ray Fiennes is um, a pretty naturalistic actor despite everything that I've ever seen him in and seeming like very Shakespearean and over the top. He's very like method and like he cannot handle when Wes Anderson is like, okay, cut, don't move, move in the new background. He's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that kind of, that's a, it's a particular thing.
0: Cause it's like Quinn Tarantino when he's like doing a lot of takes cause Quentin Tarantino is pretty particular he has the chant of "Why are we doing it? Because we love movies." Yeah, he's not like. And I'm sure if if Kurt Russell was like, "I can't, Quentin, I can't, I'm, I don't know
1: what you want from me," Quentin would be like, "Jesus, we need to take a break." <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kurt, we're go sit down. Kubrick did not do that for yeah. her. Like he, he literally almost ruined her life,
0: and he kind of ruined her career. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't know her in anything other than shining. Yeah. End.
1: Well, because. This movie is not a hit when it comes. out. I mean, like it makes money, but critically it is panned and mm-hmm. people don't like it at mm-hmm. the time. Not just critics like audiences. It's really, it's kind of a pessimistic movie in the eighties too, where it's like yeah. Star Wars,
0: the hero tales and everything. Right. But even something stuff. like
1: Halloween, she is so triumphant in the end, even if it has the ambiguity of where did he go? Yeah. She wins in this movie. She doesn't really win. It's just by luck that she gets out. It's kind of pessimistic. Yeah. He got nominated at the first ever Razzies for Worst Director. The movie got nominated for Worst Film. And I believe Shelley Duvall won Worst Actress, Jeez. which is nuts to me because she's so good in this movie. Yeah. And her, she never fully recovers career wise. And especially hearing all this stuff. Um, we talked to her about mental illness Yeah, uh, a few years ago. She went on like Dr. Phil or something, which is really gross. I fucking hate Dr. Phil. Yeah. But they had her on talking about Robin Williams and she was like, no, he's still alive. It's fine. He's fine. We're all fine. Like clearly like she was in the midst of a breakdown and people exploited her for that, which makes you wonder about her mental health during this movie and being pushed that way. Yeah. And just not respecting actors or people in general is not cool, especially like when people can totally duplicate the aesthetic without being fucking assholes. Yeah. Like Jordan Peele is apparently the nicest dude on set. Quentin Tarantino, not a bad guy apparently to work with. Yeah. So it definitely casts this movie in another light. Yeah. Uh makes it scarier cuz knowing that she was just living a horror movie. Yeah. But um I still really like this movie. Again, I'm not saying you're not allowed to like it. Yeah. <laughs> to the people listening. I just think that's one of the more interesting things about it. Um and Shelley Duvall actually came around on Kubrick by the, the end of, before well before the end of his life, mm. saying, like, he's an artist I really respect, I really like that performance, and I'm glad he got it out of me. Mm.
0: But it's still not worth it. Yeah. Like, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people that can separate the art from yeah. the people behind it, like, I can just take the movie as a movie
1: And, and it's, it's that thing of like He didn't like hit her He didn't yeah. like not let her take He did let her take breaks obviously yeah. He just pushed her harder than she was clearly comfortable With being pushed and you need to respect that Yeah So he's not like the worst person ever To ever make a movie They're way worse people Yeah. <laughs> I mean for some reason we still let Roman Polanski Make movies
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it still sucks any fun behind the scenes stuff um <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> jack nicholson
1: and stanley kubrick like to play chess between takes. that's fun um <laughs> <laughs> everything i can think of now is like i mean that's not like fu- it's a fun fact but it's not like fun <laughs> like Okay, so they wanted the set to look like it was uh, snowy outside and shining that bright light you get with snow inside. It was not winter, it was England, and it was not snowing. Um, mm-hmm. So they literally just had to turn lights up as high as they would go at all times to blast light into the set because Kubrick liked natural lighting too, mm-hmm. so he wanted it to just be light coming in from the windows. Yeah. So literally the set was incredibly hot, typically 90 or above For most scenes where there were windows Uh, Lloyd the bartender Said by the end of my first day of Shooting I had sweat so completely Through the suit that they had to have It dry cleaned immediately after I took It off at least he didn't Have a leather face on, right Okay there are worse (laughs) Movies But I find this movie Fascinating I find that stuff Fascinating I think that stuff makes this movie better Yeah or at least more interesting and The fact that Shelley Duvall came around and they settled their Mm -hmm. shit makes me feel like it's okay to like it but having that context makes her performance more interesting
0: yeah because there's all the different contexts that you have now and everything
1: context makes movies more more interesting like i I hate when people are like i don't care what happened behind the scenes i'm like i understand like art from artists like i still want to like this thing but having context really makes it more interesting
0: yeah like tarantino movies I love it because I know who Tarantino is and like how he is as a person (laughs) or even just the context of the time. Yeah.
1: Like saying like, we're going to have these hyper film literate characters. Nobody had done that in 1992. Yeah. It was literally just Tarantino and Kevin Smith. Like, Mm -hmm. and one of them is better than the other. I'll admit it. (laughs) Uh, But like literally like no one had done that before. Like nobody had done like, let's just have someone give a monologue about how much they like, like a virgin. Mm hmm. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. That makes that movie more interesting because now all characters talk like that. Everybody yeah. wants to be Joss Whedon or Quentin Tarantino.
0: Yeah. And like, how we we're talking about Blair Witch, like, I'm sure once I see more like paranormal activity and stuff, I'll, right. I might appreciate Blair Witch more just because it's like the first one to do it.
1: Yeah. Context makes things better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, Friday the 13th, how I was like, this is super like eighties and it's <laughs> hysterical, but given the context that it's in the eighties and knowing behind the scenes stuff, Oh, they're all theater kids. Like, right. It brings a different, it makes their performances like, Oh, that explains it. Oh, yeah. I can
1: get on board with this now. Yeah. Like, like one of my friends, I remember once being like, Oh, I can't really watch Superman. The effects are so bad. And I was like, not for 77. They were fantastic. <laughs> you got to put yourself in, in that time to some yeah, degree like the first tron movie yeah
0: yeah but like i will never excuse the smoke in twenty-eight days later
1: that is fair
0: even <laughs> with context it looks bad
1: <laughs> all right yeah. but yeah that's the movie. people have come around on it luckily uh-huh. i talked earlier about it getting really bad reviews lots of people saying like especially because the book was such a big hit mm. so many people were so familiar with it even though now I would argue people are probably more familiar with this movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, which is nuts to think about, which is, I think part of the the other reason that Stephen King resents it. Um, Stephen King hated this movie so much that actually in the 90s, he did a TV miniseries where he adapted the book. It is not as good as this, believe it or not. It's like fine. It's got some really interesting stuff in it. It's got a lot of the stuff that is missing from this there's there's a warmth and a heart to that book That I think is in all of Stephen King's work mm. That I think this movie misses Because Stanley Kubrick does not believe In like beating hearts in love Yeah he believes in icy exteriors and the cold pain of being human. So, m- much like the push and pull between on Polter- um, Poltergeist between Toby Hooper and Steven
0: Spielberg, I find that push and pull in this movie fascinating. I also like how we're like two and a half hours is shining. It's such a long movie, yet we're like Irishman is three hours? Hell, Hell yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to rewatch Lord of the Rings at some point this year. So yeah (laughs) those movies got fat too so it's okay (laughs) it's okay to like a movie if you think this movie is perfect and i'm wrong that's fine you don't need to tell
0: me i'm sure you have your reasons and i like this movie because it's pretty it really is pretty movie (laughs) and i like the whole 1920s ghost stuff yes so right now that we're wrapping up ghost month i appreciate that i liked three out of four of them a lot like and they're all so different yeah they're very different because i think that's what i like about watching these movies is i'm going in with a mindset and like a assumption of what it's going to be like and then it's completely different yeah like i don't like ghost movies and i like three out of four of them oh don't worry we'll get to some trash soon (laughs) i i love some bullshit don't worry (laughs) Yeah, I like all the all these ghost movies for different reasons too. Yeah. Like I can't really rate them cuz I like them for different reasons. That's fair. I was actually about to ask you if you want to rank them. <laughs> Try yeah. something new. I mean, every <laughs> single time I think about ranking movies, I'm like, "No, nah, I just want to like Take in everything. I don't really want to like. I like picking ones that I'm like,
1: this is a favorite. But I yeah. don't like putting them like like. Whenever people ask me like, what are your three favorites? I'm like, in no particular
0: order, blah blah. You know, yeah. Like. Let's let's do that. So, out of all the movies we've watched from the beginning of the podcast you to know, now in 2019, yeah. let's do it. What were your like? What's your favorites out of just them from
1: the watch? podcast? Yeah. Um, in no particular order, all of them. No, uh, <laughs> probably the thing, Halloween. <laughs> Scream. Well, we know Scream is my favorite, but yeah. uh um The Shining is on there. Like how many am I picking? Actually, as you want. Oh, it's not a it... all of them. Uh and some of them I actually found I liked more than I remembered liking. Like mm. I remember really liking 28 Days Later when I saw it and watching it this time. I was like, I love this fucking movie. Yeah. Whereas like Blair Witch, I was like, still about the same. <laughs> Pretty solid. <laughs> B
0: minus C plus. Cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> So like your favorite, like not the ones that you just like enjoy, but like the, your favorites that you're like, oh yeah, I freaking love that movie. I, freaking love, I mean, Scream is number one. Scream and then Halloween that,
1: thing. In no, no particular order. Scream Halloween thing. Conjuring.
0: Mm. I, I know it's not your cup of tea, but I really love yep. it. Uh, and probably Shining. For me, it was the thing. Because I mean, that's the one that set it all up. That was my first journey into all this. I know. This. I'm so, so glad we got to start Y'all so strong. I know. Uh,
1: it's I all mean, downhill from here, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so now I drink Jim Bean bourbon. That's like my go-to yeah. <laughs> drink. Be like Kurt Russell as much as I can. Every good boy. Don't, don't care if he's a thing or not. Um, <laughs> your thing was really good. Uh, then Halloween, just John Carpenter's the best. Yeah, I cannot I'm, wait to put up more Carpenter movies I know. for you. I'm so excited. Um, Halloween is just, like, the synth, and it, I love Jamie Lee Curtis in it, and yes. Michael Myers is, like, the perfect, like, you don't know too much about him. He's, like, just enough you to be You don't know spooky. his motivation, but you know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, so that was the two for foundational that were my favorites. And Slashers... Because I'm trying to separate it from, like, characters to movie. Because right. I really like Leatherface, but I wouldn't call Texas Chainsaw one of my fa- favorites. That's fair. Yeah. So I liked Leatherface, but Scream was my favorite out of... Yes! Out of, like, the slasher <laughs> month. I really, really liked Scream, especially with all the context of watching yeah. the slashers. That's first. why I said, like, we gotta wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was just the most fun out of all of them. That I had the most fun watching. Yeah. It's um, just a good time of a movie. Yeah, but... I did love all the other slashers Friday Friday the 13th (laughs) bottom I liked this I liked the um the twist yeah the twist made it I was like okay that's cool um (laughs) and then this month like I it was three out of four like I loved Candyman just because it got me with the Phantom of the Opera (laughs) shit and uh Poltergeist was fun fan like yeah it was a fun family movie I felt like And then this, just beautiful aesthetic shots that I love. The Conjuring is a movie. The Conjuring Uh, had Patrick (laughs) Wilson at a 10. Oh, I forgot my big joke for this one. It's
1: our second movie in a row with impossible white guy (laughs) hairlines.
0: A dark glimpse into our future, Zach. Two movies. Two five heads. (laughs) Together they make 10 (laughs) heads. (laughs)
1: <laughs> together they're
0: perfect 10 Patrick Wilson <laughs> and Jack Nicholson are <laughs> 10 head <laughs> coming 2020
1: on that note Zach, on that note it's been a fantastic 2019 yes it has. thank you everybody for listening where yeah. can everybody find you Zach
0: at Zach Shirk, Instagram ZachShirk.com. Where where can they find you you find me just about everywhere as I draw paintings or on my Facebook page Matt Mears yeah and you can find Matt makes Zach watch horror movies on Spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and stitcher give us a rating give us a like and uh we got supermoon studio on instagram hey supermoon on twitter matt runs that say hi yeah shout all your tell me why i'm wrong about the shining (laughs) yeah uh yell at them all you want because i'm not on twitter so i don't have to worry about it uh but send me dms on instagram comments we post all of our art that we do on there for all the episodes uh, Supermoon on on YouTube where we have speed art and everything. Yeah, uh, it takes me a long time to render those. Please enjoy them, <laughs> please. <laughs> and uh, coming up in 2020, well, we might be checking out some horror cons. Yes, we might be uh, making some new podcasts. Hell yeah! So you got a lot to look forward yeah. to. And for next month, yes. we kicked this whole thing off with John Carpenter. We're gonna kick off 2020 with they, they live, live for sci-fi horror yes i'm so I'm excited s- i'm so excited <laughs> i'm so excited to go back john carpenter yes. i miss him so much that's one more <laughs> <much than Carpenter. laughs> it's fair you you are making a right choice in that opinion
1: yes i love john Carpenter. yes all right I, so thank you guys for yes. listening
0: thank you for listening keep it spooky <laughs> keep it spooky happy merry christmas happy new year so see you in 2020 and remember I love you, little sons of bitches. (laughs) Bye. Bye.